This episode is being recorded Saturday, December 19th, 2020, and in it I will be revealing my top 10 favorite albums of 2020, as well as some honorable mentions. As always, I'm your host, Derek Brink, and you are listening to Empty Checking. there, checkmates. It's your old Uncle Derek. Hope you're all doing okay. I'm doing a little bit better than I was the last time that I recorded anything and uploaded it, which was Monday of this past week. I uploaded just a short five-minute thing saying, sorry, there's not going to be an official episode, uh, because my back hurts a lot and hurt so much that it was impossible to edit the show, particularly alongside the fact that I spend my entire workday leaning over a laptop typing stuff. Just doing another couple hours of that to get a show up just didn't seem feasible at at the time. Uh, A little bit better now, although not certainly not 100%. Stuff still hurts, just from the middle of my back over to the left, uh, into the shoulder, and kind of actually kind of down along my side and and into my ribs a little bit. It just it feels like somebody hit me in the back with something, like right up there. And ideally, I would go to a doctor for that, but uh, there's a pandemic going on, so I'm not that eager to do that anyway. If you go to a doctor's office, you're almost guaranteed to be going to where COVID just was. Uh, So I'm not that eager to do that. I'd prefer to tough it out uh, for a little while anyway, until St. Louis County is pretty well vaccinated. Um, but also, I just I don't have a general practitioner. I've never signed up on and gotten onto somebody's patient roster to where I, I have a, a doctor to go to. And I'll be honest with you, I don't even need a general practitioner right now. I need a back specialist to look at it and tell me, you know, when to schedule the surgery for, basically, because I've been in chronic pain for years. Uh, so, yeah, I don't need to go to your general practitioner because your general practitioner isn't a specialist. Your general practitioner, great for dealing with, you know, colds or, or respiratory things, or if you have a muscle strain or something, he can prescribe you something for that, or she. But uh, general practitioner is not a specialist. They don't know how to deal with some of the more specific problems you might have, like a back problem or what have you. Uh, It's a formality. I just need to have somebody look at me long enough to say, hey, this is out of my league. Go see this guy. That's all I need, Uh, but it's not going to happen here anytime soon, so we've just kind of got to struggle through it. Thank you for your patience and letting me sort of take a week off last week, and uh, I, I do feel a little bit better now, although I'm definitely still very much dealing with it and trying to you know, heat and ice and all that stuff, and lots and lots of ibuprofen and uh, relaxation and stuff. Uh, That's the other thing about it, man. Back stuff just makes you tired because your body's trying to repair itself, and that just burns you out and just makes you exhausted. So that's what's going on with me. Unless, of course, the, you know, there's also the chance that it might be my heart and I'm going to die soon. But uh, let's hope that's not the case. I think it's just my back. Um, because it mainly sort of starts at the back, and then everything else hurts eventually. So that's that's sort of where we are. But enough of that. Enough of me talking about that. You don't come to the show for that. You come to the show for 
Well, you kind of come to the show for that. Just me talking about whatever's on my mind. Uh, we do have a cool episode for you, and we've got a good uh, good top ten list for you. The top ten, my top ten favorite albums of 2020. I will tell you right now, I have no idea what my criteria for these lists is. Because sometimes, uh, like last year, Amanda Palmer's There Will Be No Intermission was my number one album. I had listened to it approximately twice, but was just so blown away by it. It's such an elegant album. I thought, this is so well constructed that even though I'm not going to listen to it a lot, it deserves to be my number one. That is not true of the number one this year. The, the number one this year is one that I've listened to a lot. It's a very different album from that. It's It's, you know... Uh, you'll, you'll, you'll find out what it is when I get to it, but it's a, it's a very different album from that. And, uh, uh, I, it's, there's stuff that's in my honorable mentions that is very elegant and is stuff that should have blown me away in the same way that the Amanda Palmer record did last year that just kind of didn't make the list this year. So some of the stuff on the list is there because I think it's brilliant and I think it's inspired and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And maybe I'm not going to listen to it a lot, but I, I want it on my list. Some of it is there because I it's, you know, fun pop music that I'm going to listen to all the time and I liked it. So it's on the list and I don't have any metrics for how I got there. I don't have any kind of number rating system. Like I don't, I don't like. Okay, this gets a five in creativity, but only a two as far as uh, original ideas. But a, but a, a, a nine in catchiness. Like I don't, I, I, I don't rate music in that way. I don't do that. Uh, I, I, uh, think that businesses are wrong to do that when they do their employee evaluations that uh, often will lead to a business looking at a guy who would give and is in the process of giving his life to a company, and they'd look at him and go, well, this guy would definitely throw himself on a grenade for me if I asked him to, but he's just not as high volume of, 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 of production, so I'm not going to give him a raise. That's, uh, that's, meanwhile, he's the guy that's going to be there for 40 years, and the person that you gave a raise is only going to use that raise to get a better job somewhere else and leave you high and dry and wondering why more people aren't staying and you didn't promote the guy that's going to be there forever. It's the same concept with music. I don't apply those metrics because you can't just look at those metrics. It has to be to some degree a gut reaction and a gut feeling about the thing or the person involved. And uh, that's that's maybe the only metric I have is my gut. So it's it's a cool list. It's an interesting list. I have absolutely no rationale for the list. That's what's going on. When we get to the point that you've heard the list, you, of course, can leave comments for me and debate me on it. But uh, leave those comments somewhere where, where I will see them. And the best places to get me to see them are at the following websites. If you like the show, there is a companion blog over at emptychecking.blogspot.com. There's also a player on that blog. You can play the episode and look at the pictures and read stuff all while it's you know kind of going there. That is the way I would do it if I were you. But you can also uh, listen to the show, and the show it is hosted at uh, emptychecking.podbean.com, and you can listen to it on your podcasting app of choice, which most of you are probably doing. Many of you probably have never seen the blog, and that's okay. But uh, it's we're everywhere. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, what have you, unless it's a weird one that just doesn't get my RSS feed. I'm probably on it, and you can listen to me there, and you probably 
already are. If you want to know more about me, you just like me, you want to know about my music career, go over to DerekBrink.com, plenty of stuff to click on there. And if you like the music that you hear throughout the show, it's all stuff that I wrote, and it's all available for absolutely free over at DerekBrink.Bandcamp.com. Just enter zero or more if you're feeling generous as your purchase price, and you can take it. I don't collect your email, I won't even know that you took it. Uh, unless you pay for it, uh, and uh, I would just love it if you loved it. That's uh, Leave a comment for me on one of those uh, places, and I'll see it. If you leave it on your own podcast app of choice, I will never know that you said anything. Best places are the blog or the uh, Podbean page, and uh, or you can email me. Uh, there are email links, places, certainly one on my website, probably elsewhere too. Uh, leave, leave me comments. If whatever you're listening to this on, like, share, subscribe, all that stuff. It really helps the visibility of the show. I'm just glad that you're listening. I just have to say all of that stuff. The only other thing going on in my world right now is my annual Tolkien uh, extravaganza, I guess. I'm watching all the Peter Jackson, Lord of the Rings, and Hobbit movies, and uh, I'm up to Return of the King. I'm almost done, because I started with The Hobbit. Uh, but at the same time, almost done. I, I think I've mentioned this on previous episodes. Almost done doesn't mean what you think it does. I'm not just watching the movies. I'm watching all of the movies, and then all of the commentaries, and then all of the appendices discs. If you do the math on that, that is over four days' worth of time that you have to put into it, and that's if you did it all consecutively. This takes me about a month. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm on Return of the King, but I'm nowhere near done. So uh, that's, that's where we are as far as that watch through. I'm also reading The Silmarillion, which I had started previously and uh, just sort of didn't finish. Uh, I, 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 I love Tolkien and I love the Tolkien universe. It's very hard to read, partly because it's just very archaic wording. It's sort of, uh, it's sort of a, a slightly older, almost semi-religious wording. It's, it's sort of, it sort of feels like you're reading the King James Bible. To which uh, any Baptists out there listening are saying, what, so you mean it's absolutely clear and absolutely infallible and absolutely understandable, specifically to straight white men? Yeah, that's kind of what I mean. It's uh, a lot like reading the King James Bible. You just sort of have to sit with it and, and think through each sentence. And that's, uh, uh, it's the story's there and the story's clear, but you have to work at it. And uh, so when I first started reading it, my dad had given me a copy because I asked for it for maybe Christmas last year or my birthday, something. But he gave me a copy at one point. And uh, I had started reading it and stopped, and I started reading it again because I'm a little bit more motivated this time, and I've gotten deeper into it. Uh, and by deeper into it, I mean I'm on page 76 of almost 400, and I've been reading it for four days. So that's <laughs> that's about how that book goes. But it's it's beautiful, it's elegant, it's wonderful, and it ties in a little bit with the musical theme of this episode because uh, the Silmarillion, for those who don't know, was it came out after the Lord of the Rings. But it was written as sort of the prehistory of Lord of the Rings, sort of like a prequel, if you will. And uh, it's all the stuff like how the Earth and Middle Earth and everything came into being. And it starts with God, who has a Tolkien name in this thing, but it's I'm not going to mispronounce it and piss off somebody that's going to leave that comment. Uh, God, essentially, is uh, in his heaven and creates uh, the, the, the Valar and the you know, all the angels and whatnot. And starts a song, and the the hosts sing with him, and 
one guy, one crappy guy, starts just doesn't doesn't want to play ball and starts singing counter melodies and trying to ruin the song. So God quiets the song and starts a second song and the host is singing with them and it's beautiful again. And then that same guy's like, ah, no, no, we're, we're going to mess this up. And he comes in and messes up the song. And then God quiets it down and starts a third song. Same deal. Same guy pi- pipes up, messes it up. This guy, of course, is going to eventually be the Morgoth who is sort of in charge of Sauron, who you know from the Lord of the Rings. Uh, he's he's the forerunner to Sauron. Uh, so he's, he's a bad guy. Uh, so God quiets down the third song and uh, takes all of them into the void and says, you, th- you, you thought that you were messing up the song, but your melody was part of my plan as well. Here's what we've been creating and shows the, the host the earth. And some of them are very, very taken with it, and they go down to Earth to start shepherding it and building it so that God's creation can grow there, and and men and elves can one day exist there. And Morgoth, a.k.a. Melkor, also goes down because I guess God was fine with that, and he decides he's going to mess with it just as he did the song, which uh, has kind of an undercurrent of saying that uh, beautiful music can't exist without there also being struggle and strife and difficulty and disharmony. And yeah, that checks out. So uh, that's that's sort of how everything in the Tolkien universe came to be. God wanted to sing a pretty song and somebody wanted to mess it up. And I just kind of love that that's how this whole story starts. And it ties into what we're doing here today, because I'm going to be talking about some music, some of which is very beautiful, some of which isn't very beautiful, and uh, all of it kind of comes together to make my top ten list. So uh, I think in this illustration I'm God? Huh. Well, there you go. We got a, we got a lot of stuff to talk about, and we're going to talk about it. It's a good list, it's a cool list, it's a kind of weird list, and there's a whole bunch of honorable mentions, and we'll get into all of that Uh, in just a little bit here. First things first, I'm going to read you the complete list, or at least what I think is the complete list, of all of the new albums that I bought this year. These are albums released in 2020, not just stuff that I bought. These are albums that came out in 2020 that I bought. This is not in order of favorite to least favorite. It's in no order, actually. This is completely random. But uh, here's the list as it uh, stands of everything that I, I got. And after I get done with this list... We'll play a little bit of music, and then we'll jump right into the top ten after you've had a little bit of a break. But I wanted to preface it with, here's what we're choosing from. And what we're choosing from, uh, let's just uh, pick at random here. We'll start with uh, Drive-By Truckers, The Unraveling. And You Will Know Us by The Trail of Dead, X, The Goddess Void. Taylor Swift, Folklore, and Evermore. She released another one in the last week. Rufus Wainwright, Unfollow the Rules. Drive-By Truckers, The New OK. Guided by Voices put out three albums this year called Mirrored Aztec, Surrender Your Poppy Field, and something, uh, the styles we made, something like that. It's not in front of me. Don't have that one yet. It also came out too late. Uh, Childish Gambino put out 3.15.20. Nine Inch Nails did a couple of more ghost releases that were download only. Mountain Goats put out two albums, Songs for Pierre Chauvin and Getting Into Knives. The Potomac Accord put out uh, an album that I also don't have the title in front of me. 
If I don't name the title, you can be pretty well guaranteed that it's not on the top ten, I guess, even though I like that album a lot. Uh, Jason Isbell put out Reunions. Bob Dylan put out Rough and Rowdy Ways. Pearl Jam put out Gigaton. The Lees of Memory put out Moonshot. Laura Marling did Song for Our Daughter. Lamb of God put out a self-titled release. Uh, Haim or Haim, whatever, put out Women in Music Part 3. Bob Mould put out Blue Hearts. Fantastic Negrito, which... That's a scary word to say, when you look like me. Put out an album called Have You Lost Your Mind Yet? Willie Nelson put out First Rose of Spring. My Morning Jacket put out The Waterfall. Elvis Costello put out Hey, Clockface. Neil Young did Homegrown and The Times, neither of which is eligible because one's a really old album and another is just new versions of old songs. Dream Theater put out a live album that wasn't eligible but that I really, really enjoyed. The Jayhawks put out XOXO. Uh, Bruce Springsteen put out Letter to You. Alanis Morissette put out Such Pretty Forks in the Road. Michael Manring put out Small Moments. I don't remember if I just said that Anti-Flag put out 2020 Vision. I'm reading this off of a page and mixing it up as I'm going along. Spinning Coin put out Hyacinth. And I feel like I've missed a few. It's a big list to choose from. It's a crazy list to choose from. And I got it down to a really cool streamlined 10. We will get into those in just a minute. First, here's one more commercial for you with a little bit of my music that you can pick up at DerekBrink.Bandcamp.com for free. Okay, you want to get into it? You want to get into the list? I kind of want to get into the list. I'll say before I do that there are also some singles that I really enjoyed that aren't eligible because they're singles. But check out uh, Amy Mann's cover of Leonard Cohen's Avalanche. That's out there. Her husband, Michael Penn, also put out a great song called A Revival. That's out there. And I also really liked Demi Lovato's song that she did at uh, that award show, that song Anyone. I liked that a lot. So those are the singles that I picked up. I'll also tell you that I missed a few albums this year that I really wanted to listen to, and I just either couldn't get them delivered in a time that made sense or whatever. I missed out on a few. I didn't pick up the new one by In This Moment. I'm the only person my age who has not heard the new Fiona Apple album. Uh, didn't get the new Paul Weller, didn't get the new Margot Price, didn't get the new Angel Olsen. I'm sure as time goes by, I'll pick up each of those, and maybe I'll want to revise this list to add those. You never can tell. I will also say that I have not listened to the new Ryan Adams album, which is currently only streaming. It's, uh, coming out in physical form, I think, in March. So, I wouldn't consider that eligible for this year anyway, because I feel like the physical release at least needs to be out there. Uh, there's one exception that's actually on my top ten where that's not true. But uh, I, I, if, if someone's planning a physical release, I think release date is when that comes out, not when it starts streaming. So I haven't listened to Ryan Adams' new album yet. I'm also conflicted on if I'm going to or not. Uh, I'm a fan of Ryan Adams' previous music. He writes wonderful, wonderful stuff. Uh, I am concerned about the allegations that have been made against him in his personal life by no fewer than seven women who have said that he was 
sexually manipulative. Uh, I don't know if the word abusive has been used, but certainly, certainly unacceptable behavior. And uh, one of those instances included sending sexually suggestive things to an in-text message form to a minor. And uh, I'm not okay with that, if any of that holds water. And I don't know if it holds water. I haven't heard the results of any investigation, assuming that there's any investigation going on. Uh, that is something that I'm still working through. I know that some of you will probably be angry just to hear me say that much. But uh, I want to believe that any misbehavior on his part in the past boils down to a former heroin addict was a shitty person when he was on heroin. And I hope that that is very much behind him. I want to believe that it is. I need to do a little bit more... I need to do a little bit more work before I just decide that I'm okay with purchasing his music. That's where I am with Ryan Adams. Whenever I make my decision, I will either buy it or I won't, and you'll never hear me mention it. So that's, uh, that's where I am with that. If you have thoughts on that, and you can phrase them respectfully, please let me know what they are. Uh, as I said, I don't think any formal charges are against the guy, but I would be reluctant to give him money if I know that something serious is hanging and might be, might be legitimate. And there's a lot that has sounded pretty legitimate. But I, again, I hope that he has put that behind him if in fact it's true. Uh, I, and if he has, then I believe that every one of us is entitled to at least one resurrection. So I hope he has his, I hope that, uh, it's real, and I might check that out in March. We'll, we'll see when it happens. In the meantime, coming off of that bummer, let's start talking about my top 10 for this year. Finally, about 20 minutes into the show. Coming in at number 10 is a band that my brother turned me on to that I didn't know before he did an episode of this podcast with me earlier in the year. Number 10 is The Lees of Memory Moonshot. And I was a little bit surprised to find it on the list, to be honest with you, because I really liked it, but I, I wasn't sure when I first heard it if it was going to be a top 10. But I just keep going back to it. It's got that uh, cool kind of pop rock vibe, very Beatles-y in its way, although a little bit more, you know, modern sounding than the Beatles. But you can hear the Beatles harmony and the Beatles song structure in it, and I, I've just really been digging it. I've, I've really liked the album. So it, it came in at number 10. I don't have a lot else to say about it, but uh, Lisa Memory, Moonshot, number 10 on my top 10 for 2020. And at number 9, the new one by Pearl Jam, Gigaton, hit the list at number 9. That might be a little bit surprising, because in a previous episode of this, I ranted about how much I hated the lead single, and uh, I then heard the album and recanted on that a little bit, said I still didn't like the lead single, but it worked better in the context of the full album, and that's still kind of how I feel about that song. But the album itself, I have really, really enjoyed. It's a, it's an outstanding Pearl Jam album. Outstanding might be the wrong word for it. Look, it's not Vitology, it's not 10, it's not Backspacer, it's not whatever your favorite Pearl Jam album is, probably. But it's a very good Pearl Jam album. It's one of the ones from this year I've kept going back to. 
it's just kind of nice that those guys are still around and still angry and still doing stuff. So I was uh, I was glad to put them on the list. They made it up to number nine uh, at the beginning of the year. I honestly was holding out hope that they'd be in the top five, but they're they're about right at number nine. Uh, it's a it's a good album. It's not the greatest album of the year, but it's it's certainly a great one to listen to. It's a great one if you're a Pearl Jam fan. You should check it out. Right above that, you see how fast I'm going through this. Talked about the Silmarillion for about a, an hour, but uh, I, I'm going fast through the, the the actual point of the show. And at number eight, the Mountain Goats, Songs for Pierre Chauvin. That's the only one of the two Mountain Goats releases that I put on the list. It was the first one that they did, and it was just uh, the guy who runs the band. I mean, it's a band, but it's also more of a guy. Uh, he just did sort of a demo tape on an old boombox and recorded it, and it was just songs that... He was working on in isolation, and he liked it, he liked the vibe of it, he liked the tone of it, and he released it, and I downloaded it, and I just kind of fell in love with it. Uh, I'll be honest with you, I haven't listened to it a ton, and if you asked me to right now, I wouldn't be able to sing you one of the songs on it. But, at the time that it came out, and at the place where I was in this isolation phase that we've been in for nine months, almost ten... Uh, it just hit me the right way, and it hit me at the right time, and it seemed like a perfect representation of the time that we're in, and it continues to do so when I gravitate back toward it. So, Mountain Goats, Songs for Pierre Chauvin, 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 I have no idea how you pronounce it. It's one of those, uh, you know, names that could go a lot of ways. Pierre, I'm pretty sure I'm right on, but the second half, the Chauvin, C-H-U-V-I-N. Uh, that's how it's spelled. I, I, I like that album a lot. It made it to number eight. And uh, Getting Into Knives is their other one. That's an honorable mention. I just liked this one a little bit more, and I only wanted to go with one of the two. And this one kind of tugged at my heartstrings a little bit more than did Getting Into Knives. So that's on the list. And Getting Into Knives is also a great album. You should check that out, too. At number seven, uh, Michael Manring, Small Moments. Michael Manring is a bass player that I have admired since the 1990s. He's done a ton of work. Uh, he's, it's, it's, I don't even know what you would know him from. I know him as Michael Manring. Uh, he released an album in, I think, 94 called Thunk that just changed the way I thought about the bass guitar. He's one of my primary influences, and he's a really nice guy. And he put out Small Moments this year, which is an album of entirely bass solos. But you wouldn't necessarily get... You don't feel the monotony of that, though. You 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 are treated to unique ideas in each piece, and it goes in directions you wouldn't expect out of just a bass guitar. And uh, he continues to blow me away with what he does. Uh, this one, Small Moments, is download only, at least at the moment. Again, I, I asked him personally, hey, is there going to be a physical release of this? By the way, I don't personally know him. He just responds on his Facebook pages. Uh, I just said, hey, is there going to be a physical release to this? I'd really like to put it on the shelf with the others. And he said, I hope so. Uh, I don't know. It's been hard to get that to happen because of COVID-19. But uh, he at least was planning on it as of the time that it came out for streaming. But it hasn't happened as of yet. So I, I was of two minds on it. Like I said, I sort of feel like the physical release is the release date, not the streaming date. But uh, in this case, I made an exception because I really like it, and I, uh, again, it's one of those gut things. This just belongs on my top ten list. So Michael Manring's Small Moments is in at number seven. 
And at number six, an album that also came out uh, for streaming in advance of the physical release, but the physical release is now out there. I don't have my copy yet. They are slow sending it out to the people that pre-ordered, and uh, they've apologized for that, but it is sort of what happened, as uh, has happened a lot this year with a lot of bands, and honestly, as has happened with the last few releases I've gotten from this band, what I've put in for a pre-order. But uh, at number six is the Drive-By Truckers, The New OK, their most recent one of two that they released this year. The Unraveling is not on this list, but it is an honorable mention. I like The Unraveling too. I just liked The New OK a lot better, and it uh, it made the list, and the, the Unraveling is a perfectly good Drive-By Truckers album. It's just not on the list, because the one that was better is... Uh, despite the fact that the new OK is confusing, because it's clearly stuff that they did at the same time as the unraveling, at least mostly, and uh, just some of it got left on the cutting room floor, including a song called The Unraveling, which you would think would have been the title track to the previous album, uh, but it wasn't. And listening to it, I understand why. It doesn't really fit with the previous album. But change the title of the album, then. Uh, it's just a little confusing. But the new OK is a really, really good album. It's got the rock stuff that, that The Unraveling was kind of missing. And it's uh, a very kind of... It sort of is a, is a capstone to a trilogy of albums about the state of America that we've been in, counting American Band and The Unraveling and now The New OK. The New OK is is... The sort of the final word of that statement, and it includes a really cool cover of a Ramones song. They do the KKK Took My Baby Away, which is a song that I used to do with my brother in our band Uncle Dick back in the early zero zeros, and uh, it's just nice to hear them do songs by people that I like, like that. Uh, it, 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 it's a good album that does a great job of speaking to the times that we're in, uh, and it's sort of interesting that the times that we're in have prevented me from getting my physical copy, because uh, that has uh, uh, just been happening lately. I actually put on Twitter a couple of days ago, and please, God, don't ever follow me on Twitter. I'm a grumpy, sweary old man on Twitter. But uh, I put on Twitter the other day that uh, I miss when indie bands who don't have their shit together to get a pre-order out on time didn't have a pandemic to blame for it. Because uh, that just seems to happen a lot with uh, bands roughly DBT's size. As I said, that's happened to me on the last two or three DBT releases. I've done a pre-order through their website and not gotten it by the day it was supposed to come out and usually get a thing that says, hey, we're sorry, this isn't going to be out on time. Here's what we're going to do to make it up to you. And they always do something cool to make it up to you. But, uh, I mean, in this case, there's just, I think, a discount, like 20% off coupon that I'm not going to use because I want the album. I don't want more stuff, you know. But they always try to do something to pay it back a little bit. So I appreciate that, but it's just... That's been happening all over the place lately, as bands just like, oh, we, we're we not actually going to have this out on time, sorry. Uh, that's just happening all over. And it's interesting how, you know, Taylor Swift can get her album that she announced a, a week and a half ago, like that's done, and that's in the hands of the record stores already in physical form. But uh, some of the other bands just can't seem to get it together to put in that disc maker's order. So that's uh, unfortunate, but that doesn't change the fact that it's a great album from a great band and it's in at number six. I didn't mean to talk about it that long. I just got on an industry thing and uh, started saying stuff. No offense to DBT if they ever hear this, because that's, uh, I, I know that's not your guys' fault. It's your distributor and all that stuff. 
you guys are great. It just it's disappointing that that keeps happening this year, and uh, that it's happened in previous years. It's just come on, indie bands, get get that together. I could go to a record store and find it, but it's not at my house. That's very frustrating. Annie, who's it? And at number five, Bruce Springsteen, Letter to You, blew me away from the moment I heard it. The, just the very first note, I was already all in. I talked about it on the show recently, so I'm not going to go in depth. But uh, I've been a Springsteen fan for a long, long time, and Letter to You is a wonderful, wonderful, almost summary of his career with just blending songs that he wrote years ago that he's just never used and songs that he wrote really recently and just sort of just sort of capturing his whole mindset and what he does musically it's a beautiful album and you should really check it out if you've ever liked Springsteen Letter to You is amazing it absolutely deserves to be on this list I toyed with putting it a lot higher than number five to be honest with you but uh, I like my top five in the order it's in and uh, Springsteen Letter to You and at number five, deserves to be there, deserves to be higher, deserves to be number one on somebody's list. It's a great album. I just have a few that are a little bit above it on mine. But hey, being in my top five in a weird year, hopefully that's a compliment to somebody. But yeah, check out Letter to You. It's a really beautiful, really moving listen. And at number four, the new one by Alanis Morissette, Such Pretty Forks in the Road. I love Alanis Morissette, and I love this album. If you have not seen her performance of A Blaze that she did on Jimmy Fallon at the start of the pandemic, you need to go to YouTube and watch that right now. She's also done an official music video for that song, but I don't care what she says. The Fallon performance is the official music video, because she... Did it with her daughter in her arms, just holding up her daughter and her daughter kind of chattering at her while she's trying to sing the song and the songs about her kids. And it was really sweet and really touching. And uh, you should all see that. It's great. Uh, the rest of the album is great too. I will be honest with you. If this if if it were if this album were just the song "Ablaze" nine times, I would probably still put it on my top ten. That's an incredible song. It's wonderful. Alanis Morissette has come a long way from the angry girl who was mad at Dave Coulier on Jagged Little Pill that we all fell in love with. She's uh, in a more centered place, and that comes through in what she does musically. There's still fire there, and there's still passion there, but there's a lot of other stuff there, too, and a lot of more positive feeling there, too, that is just really nice to hear in this day and age, and it's cool that it's it's just always cool when somebody from the 90s is still doing something and they haven't ended up, you know, dead of a heroin overdose or whatever it keeps happening to people. So it's, if, if one of the bands I loved in the 90s is doing something, there's a good chance it's going to end up on my list and it's, it's going to be at least on my radar. And I've just been in love with Alanis Morissette forever, so it was nice to to put one of her albums in my top five. And at number four, Such Pretty Forks in the Road. You should check that out. And at number three, absolutely no surprise to see this guy on my list and to see him high up the list, the new one by Jason Isbell, Reunions. I've talked about the album on the show before. I sang its praises then. I've listened to it more and more as time has gone on, and it just keeps keeps feeling like an old friend, and it keeps feeling like home. It's a wonderful sort of Americana, roots-rocky type album that uh, 
has ballads, has rock stuff, and it's, I mean, it's a Jason Isbell album. You know what to expect from him, and it's that, but it's a great version of that. It's, it's, I might like it a little bit better than Nashville Sound, and I really liked that one. It's, uh, it's a really great album. If you're into Isbell, you probably already have it. If you don't, then you've been missing out. It's a really good one. Check it out. Listen to it. Jason Isbell Reunions. Great, great album. It's in at number three on my list. And at number two, another name that it should be absolutely no surprise to see on my list, the new album by Rufus Wainwright, Unfollow the Rules. The first time I heard the first note of the album, it became one of my favorites of the year immediately. It just wraps itself around you like a like a warm scarf or a sweater or a blanket and just holds you there. It's 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 breathtaking. It's wonderful. It's Rufus. It's what he does. It's that beautiful piano-led pop music that and pop music is even the wrong word for it because it's it's that that suggests, you know, clubs and dancing and stuff, which you could probably do with some of the songs on here, but that's not exactly what he does. He does beautiful piano-based stuff that uh has a rock current to it as well but uh, uh it's rufus is one of those guys who has said in the past that he's felt like he's had to win his fans one at a time and he won me over in the early 2000s and just ever since then i encourage people to stop listening to people like me talk about him and just listen to him and uh, go to his go to his facebook go to his facebook or to his instagram he is regularly playing songs there just on his piano in his in his house or his guitar or what have you just doing songs for quarantine from his back catalog and uh tunes he's calling it and that's maybe the best way to experience Rufus is to see him playing his music because he does it so beautifully that anything I could say about it is going to fall very, very short. And uh, you just need to check him out. Rufus Wainwright is one of my favorite artists. It was a treat to get to see him play with the St. Louis Symphony, what, a year or more ago? Probably close to two years now. And uh, he's just one of my favorites. And Unfollow the Rules is a wonderful return to, to his albums because he hasn't put out a, an album like this in several years. He's done some operas and things recently, but uh, this is more traditionally what you expect of Rufus. And it's, it's nice to have this back, and it's, nice to, it's, it's a wonderful return. It's another one of those albums that got a little bit delayed by COVID. Uh, in this case, his was due to come out just at the very, very start of the pandemic when absolutely everything shut down and it was like his album was legitimately trapped in a storage facility he couldn't get to it he couldn't do anything to get it out there once things once we all realized that the virus is not that easily transmitted over mail and over like physical products and things that loosened up quite a bit i think if he had announced it for november it probably would have come out on time, but as it was, it was scheduled to come out at a time where it just couldn't, so it was delayed for a bit, and every moment of it was even worth the wait. I didn't, uh, I, I certainly was chomping at the bit to get it, but uh, once it arrived, I was just absolutely blown away by it. It's, it's wonderful, it's perfect. It's in at number two, because number one surprised me, and that kind of got it the number one space, but number two, Rufus Wainwright on Follow the Rules, you need to hear that album, it's wonderful. So we have come to number one, my number one album of the year. It's a different choice this year. It is not a choice I would have thought that I would make, 
it caught me off guard that I even bought it, frankly. But it's one of those albums that the person who wrote it wrote it and released it basically because of quarantine. Wasn't planning on an album, but one came together, and I was interested in that, despite the fact that I still haven't listened to the new Fiona Apple album, which is the same basic story. But I was just interested in this because of the source and because of a long-standing feeling that I should get into the source and enjoy it more. So in at number one, I'm actually going to cheat because it's two albums, both of which she released by surprise, one of them very recent, but it sounds so much like its predecessor that it has to be here too. And at number one are both albums that Taylor Swift released this year, Folklore and Evermore. Both deserve to be number one on my list. Come at me. I was, I listened to Folklore just out of curiosity. I just thought, well, what's, what's she doing in the middle of the pandemic? Like, what's she releasing? What kind of stuff is she writing? That's, I, the, this might be the time I get into Taylor Swift is kind of how I approached it. And I listened to it and I have just kept listening to it. It is absolutely the thing I've listened to the most this year. It's captivating. It's mesmerizing. It's catchy. Uh, I, I was just taken with it. I've never owned another Taylor Swift album. Never owned one before Folklore. But I picked it up just on a whim, and it became my favorite album of the year. She, what, a week and a half, two weeks ago, something like that, announced that she was releasing her follow-up album, which is the sister album to this one, called Evermore, that just sort of builds on the same themes that she started on Folklore. By the way, there's cussing and stuff on these albums, which is neat. She says the F word and everything. Uh, but she put out Evermore just very recently, and I kind of even thought it's so recent and so close to the end of the year, I don't even feel like it should be eligible for the list, but I'm going to listen to it and you know just see how it goes. I listened to it and went, oh, this is absolutely as good as Folklore, and it belongs on the list too, and uh, uh, it's, it's going on the list. So, uh... It came out in streaming form with the physical product released, actually, I think on Friday, and it's on its way to my house, because I ordered it, but I, I listened to the streaming immediately and just f fell in love with it, and uh, it, it, those two albums fit hand-in-hand hand so well, they're a perfect match for each other, and the first one absolutely blew me away to the point where I just, I think by the time I got done listening to it the first time, I thought, well, that's gonna be my number one. I know that's going to be my number one. I don't even know if it should be, but it's going to be. And here it is. And then Evermore, I had very much the same feeling about when I listened to it this past week. It's just great. It's just great music. And she has just matured so much as a songwriter from where she was when I first checked in on her, when the buzz was first growing. Uh, yeah, I'd heard, and I'd heard, like, the 1989 album and preferred the Ryan Adams version of it, frankly. Uh, Bad Blood remains one of the worst songs I've ever heard in my life, but, uh, since even then, which was the last time I really checked in on her, she has grown, 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 grown as a songwriter and is just wonderful now, and I'm on board. I'm a Taylor Swift fan. She has my number one album of the year. Again, come at me. I will say the one place where both of these albums fall a little bit short for me is in the guest vocalists. I don't feel like they're necessary. And in particular, I just don't like Bon Iver. 
or Bon Iver or whatever the name of that band is. And I know that's not the name of the guy. That's the name of the band. I know the guy is named, I think, Justin something. Don't like his voice. Don't want to hear him. But uh, the songs that he sings are still great songs. I just don't like him on it. Shut up, Bon Iver in particular. Uh, also didn't love uh, Matt, Matt Berninger from The National showing up on the newest one either, even though I really like The National and I really like Matt Berninger, uh, which I also bought his solo album this year. I forgot to mention that at the top of the show. It's fine. Sounds like a National album. Uh, he worked a little bit better on the Taylor Swift album for me than did uh, Bon Iver guy, just because I like The National. I think. Um, I still feel like they would have been better songs had she just sung them herself and not had somebody else on them. I hope there are versions of those songs out there that are just her that I can download or something at some point and put on my phone in place of the ones that I don't love the guest vocalist on. So that's, that's the one place that it falls short. But even then, those songs are really strong, and even then, I was so blown away by what I loved about these albums that, yeah, they're absolutely my number one. Come at me. So that's that's the top ten. I'll do it for you real quick. Lisa of Memory, Moonshot, Pearl Jam, Gigaton. This is from ten to one, by the way. Lisa of Memory, Pearl Jam, Mountain Goat, Songs for Pierre Chauvin, Michael Manring, Small Moments, Drive by Truckers, The New OK, Bruce Springsteen, Letter to You, Alanis Morissette, Such Pretty Forks in the Road, Jason Isbell, Reunions, Rufus Wainwright, Unfollow the Rules, and Taylor Swift, Folklore slash Evermore. That's my top 10 of 2020. I also have a ton of honorable mentions that I want to touch on and a couple things that I've not mentioned on the show in the past. I'll do this as fast as I can. Uh, the new Bob Dylan album, Rough and Rowdy Ways, I thought that was going to be on my, on my top 10. For a while, I had it slotted in at number 10, to be honest with you. But then I just kind of thought, you know... I, I'm not listening to it that much. It's really good. It's a well-done Dylan album, and on my next Dylan kick that I'm on, I'm going to listen to it a ton, but that's not right now, and just going by the gut, it gets knocked down maybe into like the top 15, but not into the top 10. It's still a great album, still really like it. Bob Dylan's Rough and Rowdy Ways. I think if you like Dylan, you should listen to it, but just didn't quite make my top 10. Another one I was surprised didn't make it onto the list is the new one by And You Will Know Us by The Trail of Dead, which is called X, The Goddess Void. It is their 10th album. Very good album by them. Again, probably in my top 15. Just didn't quite crack the top 10. Really, really like that band. I've been a fan for a long time. Uh, that one's just uh, not, not, quite, not quite top 10, but it's a really, really good album. If you like that band, you should listen to it. Another one that may be in the top 15. New one by Bob Mould, Blue Hearts. I think I talked about that on the show. It's good Bob Mould music. Sounds like him. You know, I like it a lot, and I've been on a bit of a Bob Mould kick, so I've been listening to it a little bit more and considered maybe slotting it in there. But it's, uh, it's a good album, just didn't quite make the top 10. I uh, already mentioned Drive-By Truckers, The Unraveling. Already mentioned uh, the other Mountain Goats album. Uh, Laura Marling, Songs for Our Daughter, wonderful album or song, pardon me, for our daughter. Wonderful album. It's singular for some reason on the uh, sleeve of the CD. Uh, I, I like her a lot. I got into her on her album Short Movies because it just kind of kept showing up in my record store, and I finally just bought it and listened to it and loved it. And Song for Our Daughter is wonderful. It's a mom writing music for her kid, and that's always kind of nice. Uh, there were three Guided by Voices albums. 
Uh, I like all of them that I, well, I've heard two of them. I haven't got the third one yet. I haven't been able to find it anywhere that'll ship it to me. Uh, so I haven't got that one yet. I don't know how that is. Maybe that one would have hit my top 10. Honestly, the two Guided by Voices albums that were there, great albums, really been enjoying, enjoying them. I'm a little worn out, GBV. Uh, you keep releasing three albums every year and that's fine once, uh, but uh, slow down. I need a break. Uh, it's, uh, <laughs> it's exhausting being a Guided by Voices fan. They seem to think they're the only band, as do most of their fans. And I like them, really, really like them, love them, even. But, uh, I just, I haven't been able to absorb these albums. Uh, I like them, I have not absorbed them. So they're not making the top ten, basically. Uh, another one got real close to my top 10, this would be in my top 15, is the new one by Childish Gambino, 31520. Download only, so that was a knock against it, but uh, I did not know I was a Childish Gambino fan until I just started seeking out his stuff because of his role in Community. He's also known as Donald Glover, the actor Donald Glover. Uh, he uh, does sort of rap and soul R&B stuff that uh, uh, I, it turns out I like a lot. It's not a lot of rap. I'm not a rap guy, but there's a lot of sort of the R&B and soul type stuff that uh, uh, sort of in the vein of Prince, I would say. It's sort of in that same musical vein that uh, that's my cup of tea. And he does that. And he put out the new one this year during quarantine. And uh, I've really been enjoying it. So, Childish Gambino almost made the list. Spinning Coin Hyacinth. I talked about that on the uh, show when it first came out. I liked that one a lot, too. It's uh, very Johnny Marr sounding, and that's always good news to me. Uh, just didn't quite make the list. It probably would have been at number 15 on the top 15. There was a new one by John Petrucci from Dream Theater. His first solo album, Terminal Velocity. Uh, really liked it. It's good. It includes uh, uh, Mike Portnoy playing drums on some of it. So kind of a reunion for those two guys. And that's sort of what got me interested in it, even though I'm not a big fan of Mike Portnoy in general. There's an episode to be done on that. There's an episode to be done on Dream Theater, to be honest with you, and just all my thoughts on them. Uh, but uh, I, I was interested in, well, let's see what they're doing together. And it turns out they're doing stuff that sounds a lot like how those two guys sound when they play together. And that's good news. I've enjoyed it quite a bit. It's an instrumental record. It sounds a lot like a Dream Theater album without the words on it. And uh, uh, check out John Petrucci's Terminal Velocity sometime. Another one I picked up is there's a sort of new age ambiance type guy named Max Richter, who I like quite a bit, who uh, sometimes I will just tell my Alexa to play ambient music and I'll like read because ambient music doesn't have any vocal parts usually, or if it does, they're minimal. Uh, and I, I like to read to that because it can just kind of be in the background. But uh, Max Richter kept coming up in that playlist and just caught my ear over and over and over again. And I started buying his stuff. He's got some cool stuff out there. He put out a new one this year called Voices that has voices on it, has like lyrics and spoken words and stuff on it, and uh, is very very uh, uh, left-leaning politically and in a way that I enjoyed and very sort of... Uh, uh, speaking to, just speaking messages that I think we need to hear, and it worked for me on a lot of levels. It's relaxing, but it's also poignant, and uh, uh, it it's it's the kind of thing that I probably wouldn't consider for my top ten, even though I'm going to listen to it quite a bit, just because it's so different from everything else I listen to, uh, and so 
in many ways straightforward because it's ambient stuff. There's just long-held notes and things like that. And it's not... Uh, I, I, I don't want this to sound insulting. It's very, very... It's very, very musical and very, very musically talented. He's a gifted writer, but it's not its not really complicated. Like, you listen to New Age stuff and you kind of go, well, I could probably do that. I just want to do more in the songs I'm writing. I want to have, you know, faster drum parts or drum parts and, you know, stuff like that. So, like, that's... I, I, I love ambient music and I love New Age music. It's just typically not stuff that I would end up you know, oh, you've got to hear this. You know, I'm not that guy. But Max Richter's great, and I just wanted to say that. Uh, I mentioned there were two Neil Young releases that were ineligible. Homegrown is an old album that just finally saw the light of day. You should check that out if you're a Neil Young fan. It's from his heyday, and you owe it to yourself. And uh, then you got The Times, which I talked about on the show before. You can find that episode if you want to. Dream Theater did a live album that's out in a handy pack of three CDs plus two Blu-rays for 20 bucks. I mean, you can't go wrong with that. And it's called Distant Memories, live in London. And uh, what it is is some of their more recent stuff in live form, but then just the 20th anniversary performance of the complete Scenes from a Memory album, which is sort of, in my mind, the peak of Dream Theater's career. And they played the whole thing in uh, London recently, and they released a box set of three CDs of it with two Blu-rays. Again, for 20 bucks. that's a must-buy if you're a Dream Theater person. It's uh, it's great. I've honestly only watched the Blu-ray. I haven't listened to the CDs because it's the same thing. So it's you know, no need, really. But I, I really, really enjoyed watching the Blu-ray. You should check that out. It came out very recently. I just haven't had time to talk about it on the show. So now I have. And there's a bunch of other stuff, some of which I've talked about on the show, some of which I haven't. Uh, Nine Inch Nails did the new Ghost releases, which are fine, but nothing to write home about which is my feeling of everything Nine Inch Nails has done since Hesitation Marks. Uh, Haim, or Haim, or however you pronounce that, H-A-I-M, put out Women in Music Part 3. Liked it, didn't love it. It's one of my friend's favorite albums of the year, so, I mean, it takes all kinds. I'm just, uh, they're one of those bands that every time I think of them, I think I like them more than I do, and then I listen to them and I go, yeah, I like a couple of songs a lot. Uh, but I'm I, I'm not so much on their full albums, which isn't a knock against them. There are some people who write really good singles, or or anyway write singles or individual songs that I like a lot. That I just I don't need their full albums. I mean, there are classic artists like that. Most people get by with a best of the Beatles or a best of Elton John. You know, I when they're to the point that they do a best of them, I that's probably the one that I need. You know, but uh, I I enjoyed it. It's just not one of my favorites. Uh, Anti-Flag put out 2020 Vision, way to date yourself immediately, because it's about to be 2021, and also Donald Trump's out of office, so most of what you said on the album is now in the past, thank God, but uh, it's good songs, I like that band a lot, but it's just every now and again with the punk stuff that's super uh, active about what's going on at the moment, you get that, you get, uh, well, this is already dated, so whatever. Um... I'm not necessarily one to talk. I've done that in my writing career, too. But uh, it's a good album. It's just already out of date. So that's why it's not on the list. My Morning Jacket put out Waterfall Part 2. And uh, anytime somebody does a Part 2, I go in reticent and reluctant to like it. Uh, It sounds like the Waterfall Part 2. It sounds like stuff that 
didn't make the waterfall part one, and there are reasons on most of it. Uh, I, I like this band. I didn't like this album. It just, it just didn't do anything new or special for me. That's that's it. Sorry. Uh, Elvis Costello's Hey Clockface, I still don't understand it. I've listened to it another couple times, and I don't get it. And that bothers me because I love Elvis Costello. So I'm going to keep trying, and I'll update you on my progress. But that's where I stand on that. And then uh, Fantastic Negrito had uh, Have You Lost Your Mind Yet. It's good. I like it. Uh, I like his other stuff way, way better. He's uh, he's a gift to loud uh, guitar-based music that you need to check out, Fantastic Negrito. Uh, I just wouldn't check out this album first. Like, get into some of the other stuff, and you're going to love that other stuff, and then you can listen to this album and go... Yeah, all right, I like his other stuff better, though. Because that's, that's sort of where I landed with it. Uh, seems like a good guy uh, on social media and whatnot, too. But I, I, I really like his music. I just like his other stuff that I've heard a little bit better than I like this. And I think that's everything that I wanted to talk about as far as the top ten. I feel like I need to play a little bit of my own music and then do an end cap on this thing, as is tradition. But uh, I hope that that was a fun list for you. One more time through it in case you missed taking notes and you wanted to, which is a weird thing to do, take notes on the podcast. You can just play it again. But uh, here it is one more time. Number 10, Lisa Memory Moonshot. Number 9, Pearl Jam Gigaton. Number 8, Mountain Goats Songs for Pierre Schuvin. Number 7, Michael Manring Small Moments. Number 6, Drive by Truckers The New OK. Number 5, Bruce Springsteen Letter to You. Number 4, Alanis Morissette Such Pretty Forks in the Road. Number 3, Jason Isbell Reunions. Number 2, Rufus Wainwright on Follow the Rules. And number 1, Taylor Swift Folklore Slash Evermore. That's a two part entry right there. And that is my top 10 of 2020. Well, thanks a lot for joining me this week here, uh, Checkmates. I appreciate having you here. I hope you enjoyed the show. I enjoyed recording it for you. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm unlikely to enjoy editing it for you because uh, I'm going to be leaning over a computer and hurting my back and neck and stuff. Uh, and also there's a lot that I'm going to have to trim out of this because I there's a lot of pausing and restarting sentences and stuff. You guys have no idea... Uh, I, I know that it sounds like I leave everything in on this show, especially because I consistently screw up saying something and then don't fix it, or I have my stutter starts like that, that you just would assume that, oh, he doesn't edit this at all. You would be surprised how much I edit these things and how much gets trimmed out. Uh, that's not going to be the fun part. It's just a part that has to happen uh, because I, I love you, I guess. So that's, that's going to be the rest of my weekend. Uh, I hope you're doing okay. Uh, we've got Christmas coming up next week. I don't know what that's going to do to the show schedule. Uh, I honestly don't have a ton planned. There will likely be a very small, very quick, very social distant gathering of my immediate family, and we've all been very safe. It's going to be a very safe situation. I have no problem with it if people are being safe with their 
gatherings and, and it's kept small. Okay, those of you who are traveling and taking the disease with you are in the wrong. There's a small risk even with the fact that we've all been careful and we're all continuing to be careful and we're all being careful when we're together. There's a small risk for us anyway that maybe we shouldn't be taking, but uh, we're going to uh, probably anyway. There's you know, always a chance that we might not, but we're, you know, there are a lot of people out there that still aren't taking this thing seriously and because a vaccine has been announced and not yet distributed to them, they think it's over. Uh, not the case, it turns out. People are still getting sick and dying and hospitals are out of beds. Uh, still a problem, so please, uh, be responsible. I feel like my family is being responsible. We're being as careful as anyone can be, but, uh, a lot of you flat out aren't being careful. Please be careful. I know that Christmas this year is difficult for a lot of us. I know that Christmas this year is probably going to be delayed for some of us. Hell, the gifts that I'm supposed to be giving to people are being delayed because Donald Trump tried to fuck up the election, but instead he fucked up Christmas by fucking up the post office. I've had packages that are are stuck in a St. Louis distribution center uh, that have been sitting there for well over a week now. Uh, there is stuff that I ordered on December 2nd that has not shipped. There's uh, it's It's a mess all over. Uh, it's what's happening in the country has really screwed up Christmas for a lot of people. And uh, please remember which party brought that to you. It's the one that wants to tell you that uh, Jesus is the reason for the season. Uh, please remember exactly which party brought you a terrible Christmas this year with kids who aren't getting gifts uh, and who are going to be crying on Christmas morning because Santa didn't show up because Santa couldn't get presents delivered to him from the post office on time because of Donald Trump. Please remember which party brought that to you every time you step into the voting booth. Uh, I myself have, uh, I'm, I'm going to be missing at least one gift for my father, and I am not going to have any gifts for my brother when uh, Christmas rolls around. They're just not going to be here. They're en route, at least for the most part. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be that kind of Christmas. It's, you know, it'll be middle of January before everybody's gotten everything, probably. And that's frustrating this year. Nevertheless, I hope you find a way to have a happy Christmas. I'm vowed and determined to find a way to have a happy Christmas myself. I'm going to have the happiest damn Christmas I can have. I hope you do too. It's going to be a weird one. It's going to be a hard one for a lot of us, but it's, uh, we'll get through this. Hopefully next year will be better. Hopefully these vaccines start getting to the people that need them and it'll be, it'll, it'll do what we hope it's going to do, that there's no guarantee that it's going to do, but hopefully, hopefully there's some light at the end of the tunnel. It kind of feels like there is, but folks, we aren't even up to the tunnel yet. We're lost in the woods. We're off the, we're off the road in the woods somewhere. We aren't even, we can't even see the tunnel. We're trying to find the tunnel. But there's light at the end of the tunnel once we get there. Right now you're in the woods. So get out of the fucking woods first. You gotta get out of the woods before you can see the light at the end of the tunnel. But we'll we'll get there and hopefully we'll start having happy occasions again together soon. In the meantime, please continue to wear a mask. Please continue to social distance. Please continue to stay home if you absolutely don't have to go somewhere. Of course, please remember that black lives still matter. And be good to each other, be good to yourself, forgive each other, and forgive yourself. And while you're doing all that, 
Check us out next time. Come at me.